This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Thursday, October 3rd, 2019 edition of Invest Talk. And yep, we are into the last quarter of the year. Pretty crazy to think about that we're over three quarters of the way through this year. And as you get older, I think everybody realizes every year goes by faster and faster. And More and more variables get thrown your way in your own personal life, in your own financial life, and in the markets as well. And so there's some big news from different brokers over the past uh, week, I guess, as well as a lot of economic news being thrown our way. So a lot to talk about today. And of course, if you are looking for unbiased guidance, you came to the right place. I'm Justin Klein, and I hope you will call me with your investing questions When and if you do make that call, you can shape this show to your specific advantage. And our goal each and every day on Invest Talk is to help all of our listeners take the next step in their own version of or own journey of financial freedom. So our anytime line is open right now at 888 chart 888-992-4278. So we're going to do our best to help you in any way possible today, giving you information and perspective. And we're going to do it with a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. This is not CNBC. Once again, I am not Kramer. I, we, we strive to be the opposite of what you see up on TV because we want to give you what is relevant, not just what gets the most viewers, right? Or just what gets CNBC bigger advertising checks. We don't care about that. We care about giving you the relevant information that matters to you. So let me take a quick moment to remind you a few important dates coming up. One, Steve will be in San Jose a week from today for his no-cost portfolio reviews. I believe he has one slot left. And due to strong demand, he will be traveling back to New York for portfolio review consultations on November 7th as well. And if you're in the Southern California area, not this weekend, but next weekend, we're going to have our KP Wealth Management Conference. It's Saturday, October 12th. Steve and I will lead the Wealth Conference in at our Irvine, California office. It's titled Investing in Real Estate Stocks and Bonds for Income, Earning Yield in a No-Yield World. So it's limited seating is available. Make reservations soon. We only have about, what, 10 days left? So... Go to investtalk.com and you can sign up for all of that. Now, my main talking point today concerns the viability of the question, is the Federal Reserve headed down a monetary path like Japan and Europe? And are they creating a problem that they're trying to solve? And one prominent billionaire says he has five market concerns, dilemmas. And that's one of them along with four others. I'm going to look into that. Also, on Monday, Charles Schwab announced that they're going to cut out commissions. And very quickly after that, when I say commissions, commissions on stock trades, soon after that, thankfully, TD Ameritrade did the same. That's where we custody the vast majority of our accounts, even the ones that we aren't. We're going to start, 
encouraging them to move over because it makes no sense why to pay commissions when you don't have to. So any clients out there listening, if you are not at TD Ameritrade with us, you should call our office. We'll help you get, get you over there. But commissions are going away. And this is going to eventually be industry-wide. And I'm going to tell you the ramifications, both positive for investors as well as potentially negative. And then the industry dynamics as a whole because a lot of these companies are publicly traded. Also, we're going to touch on biases, most notably the present bias. We're going to look at that. And then lastly, what should you do with old 401ks? Typically, the answer is always the same, but there are a few caveats. So we're going to give you some pros and cons for each of the different options. So that's what's on my mind today. That's what I want to talk about. But ultimately, the most important thing is what is on your mind? What what have you been thinking about throughout the week? It's been a crazy start to the week or to the quarter. You've had two big down days, both Tuesday and Wednesday. Shouldn't be a shock if you've been listening to the show. We've kind of been saying that we expect us to break back down lower. And now we're back in the range that we were trading at for basically the month of August. And the big question is, are we going to break even lower eventually? Today was a positive. We had a nice positive day. A little bit less than 1% up day on the S&P. Small caps were only up about three-tenths of 1%. So lagging there. NASDAQ had a little bit of a bounce back, uh, better than the overall market. 1.23% on the Qs, uh, positive for today. Not a shock. Shouldn't be a shock to, to anyone. And if you understand technicals, we hit support levels. We were oversold. Shouldn't be a shock. Like I said, markets go up. In, they don't never go up in a straight line or down in a straight line. You have bear market rallies just like you have bull market sell-offs. Okay? And I think that's kind of what today was. We're in an environment where clearly the economy is taking another leg lower. And corporate profits are likely going to be fairly weak for the third quarter. You're going to see earnings season start in earnest in a, a week or two. And you'll get a sense of how companies are doing. Right? Costco came out with earnings today. Not very hot down a little bit at the at the close or uh, after hours. So another indication of what the consumer is doing. We're in a choppy market. We've been in a choppy market for you could really argue 20 months since the end of January last year. We had a big sell off in the fourth quarter last year, rally into the summer and basically choppy ever since. But overall the market hasn't really gone anywhere and if you look at global markets, we are down from where we were in January last year. So we're in a choppy consolidating market or potentially a topping market, a broadening top. So I think that's where we are at today. Now you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. I want to thank you for making this program a part of your routine. Steve and I do our very best to make it interesting and instructive for you each and every weekday. And whenever you have an investment questions, I encourage you explore our podcast library. We've been doing invest talk for over a decade so you can search listen subscribe and then rate in the invest talk podcast at itunes spotify or google play and now i'm taking your questions live at 888 99 chart 
Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck because Justin Klein is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. Let's go to Alan in Texas. He's looking at ABMD. I haven't, I don't know that symbol. Abio Med. Can you tell me about the company? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the one. Hi, Justin. First of all, thank you for having this podcast. You know, I regularly listen to your program. And generally, I listen to podcasts, but I, today I thought I should call and uh, take your views on this ABMD, which is a biomed company. So right, I, so this I is uh, ABMD. They develop medical devices designed to assist and replace the pumping function of the heart. So sounds like pacemakers. Yes, uh, uh, similar to that. Yeah. Okay. So th- this is a company that's done very, very well over the past five, six years. In 2014, they only made 18 cents a share, and this year they're supposed to make three dollars and fifty-nine cents a share. Next year, five dollars and fifteen cents a share. Growth is slowing. This is definitely a slowing, slow, slowing growth story. Uh, about a year ago, you had revenues up in the thirty to forty percent range. The last two quarters, only fifteen and nineteen percent. And same with earnings. Earnings were only up twenty-eight percent last quarter versus a hundred percent a couple years, you know, a couple years ago. So it's clearly, it's slowing, and you're seeing that in the chart. The chart is in a clear downtrend from a high of what four hundred dollars or so. Let me take a look at this weekly chart and then I get a better sense of it. Okay, yeah, 464, not that long ago, October of last year, and now you're at $167 a share. Is there anything else based on your research that's telling you why this has declined so dramatically? No, actually, I bought this around 240 so I just wanted to check out what is your view because it's slowing down. Uh, is it okay to keep it uh, keep holding, or should I sell and move on to something else? Uh, you know that that is what I wanted to take your opinion on. So, based on the current enterprise value to EBITDA, it's trading at about twenty-seven times, which is fairly expensive. You know, I like to look at companies somewhere in the neighborhood of single digits, maybe as high as twenty, if they're really growing and maybe accelerating growth. But that looks like it's completely reversed here. Uh, even earnings per share quarter last quarter were down one percent year over year, which I don't like that. Uh, and so this needs to right size its valuation still a little bit more. And I would say probably somewhere in the neighborhood of fifty percent. At eighty dollars, I think this is an interesting name. At one hundred and sixty-seven dollars, and with this chart pattern, I continue to think it will go lower. Now at eighty dollars, like I said, it's a company in good secular tailwinds. I don't know much about their business. I would have to look into that. But if they're making pacemakers or things that help the heart pump, well, like I've said before, 10,000 baby boomers retire every single day and more and more of them are going to require help keeping their heart going. And so their their products are likely to be into high demand, but it's slowing. And I wonder why that is. Is it because of some regulatory thing, maybe there's a competitor taking their market share. I'd have to look deeper into that. But based on the chart, based on the valuation, this stock should be sub $100 a share. 
at fair value, and that's why I would sell it and look for it around that price. Thanks for the call. Now let's take a quick look at some key benchmarks today. Two-year treasury yield was down 1.458% at the close of the day. 10-year treasury yield also down to 1.51, was at about 1.57 to start the day. And so the yields curve is now upward sloping from being inverted, but we're not clearly out of the woods from an economic perspective. Gold was at 1,500 an ounce, up a little bit. We continue to kind of consolidate around this 1,500 level after being very overbought, you know, running from 1,100 or so late last year into that 1,500 mark. It's just over, has been overbought and needs to consolidate, but I think it will eventually break out north of 2,000 a share within the next couple of years. Oil was down, let's see, was oil up today? Oil was at was actually down slightly, 51.90 a barrel, clearly because of weak economic numbers, a strong dollar. Gasoline was also down to 266 per gallon on average. One year ago, that average was at $2.91. So lower oil prices certainly helping the consumer overall. 30-year fixed rate mortgage at 3.65%. Applications are increasing. This is what I've said before earlier in the year. As rates came down so much, you're going to see a lag effect here with housing that it's going to eventually spark more interest in buying, in building, and you started to see that recently. That's been the best economic numbers that have come out over the past couple months has to do with the housing sector. Purchases, permits, construction activity, even though that's that's shrinking on the commercial side it's perking up a little bit on the residential side you're listening to invest talk i'm justin klein and we are into the new trading month and the fourth quarter is your portfolio properly balanced for maybe something like last fourth quarter it should be if you want to deal with the market volatility so do it yourself or let steve and i help you You and contact us at our irvine california office and now the phone lines are open at 888-99-CHART The countdown continues. One week from Saturday, Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will host the next KPP Wealth Management Conference, Investing in Real Estate Stocks and Bonds for Income. The event will be held on Saturday, October 12th at the KPP Financial Offices in Irvine, California. Make reservations through investtalk.com. Justin Klein is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. Call Justin, 888-99-CHART. Hey guys, it's Carl from Philadelphia. Um, Justin, I have a, this question is for you. You're going to love this. I'm looking to get into a technology stock, a Chinese one no less, uh, Tencent Holdings. I looked at the numbers on the MarketWatch website. I don't see anything wrong with the numbers, but... I'm sure there's stuff that I am missing or don't know about, so please don't hold back. Ticker symbol, uh, Thomas, Carl, Edward, Harry, Yellow. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, he's looking at Tencent Holdings. T-C-E-H-Y is the symbol. 
And this is a gaming company, an internet, a provider of internet and mobile value-added services and online advertising. A fairly diversified type of company. 0.3% dividend yield, modest to no debt level, so I like that. But a market cap of almost $400 billion, doing about $13 billion in revenue per quarter. So on an enterprise value to revenue basis, about eight times. That's a little expensive. Enterprise value to EBITDA 24 times, also fairly expensive. But they're growing at a slower pace than they were a couple years ago. Revenues two years ago were up 62%. Last quarter only up 16%. So I worry about that slowing growth story. And the economic backdrop of China and the trade war. And just simply the problems that China has as a command economy sometimes that can be good sometimes that can be bad you're seeing with hong kong that is cutting the negative way and certainly this is a company that is headquartered in hong kong so that worries me as well and then you look at the chart you had a high in early 2018 kind of like the overall market and just like most foreign stocks it's down over that time hit a peak of roughly 60 dollars a share now we're at 41 dollars a share so down about 30% from its all-time high uh, 18 months ago. And I think that's likely going to continue because I'm not that bullish on China in the near term. So I would pass on this just technically, fundamentally, and the backdrop economically. Not a fan of Tencent. Now my main talking point today concerns the viability of this question. Is the Federal Reserve headed down a monetary path like Japan and Europe? And is, is the Fed creating a problem that they are trying to solve. In a lot of ways, I think the answer is yes, but this is brought up by the co-founder of Blackstone, Stephen Schwartz, Stephen Schwartzman, excuse me. I'm Jewish, I should be able to say Schwartzman easy. Now the deep pocket investor has accumulated a net worth of $17 billion, according to Forbes. And he sees five big concerns in the world. The first concerns slowdown in manufacturing globally, especially in China, but in the Eurozone as well. He also, once again, sees the Fed heading down a monetary path like Japan and Europe, and that this will just create more and more problems, deflationary problems. And I'll get back to that here in a minute, but he also sees low interest rates specifically responsible for weak economic growth. And the reason I think that is, is there's twofold. One is when you get cheap capital, it's easy to produce things. It's easy to start, easier to start businesses and create a competitive marketplace across industries in general, which drives down prices, especially in a globalized world with globalization. And that creates deflation, which is exactly what the Fed and central banks are trying to fight. So I think they're fighting a bad battle. Also, in the developed world, when you have aging populations like you do here in the United States, in Japan, in China, even though they're technically a developed market, in Europe, well, a lot of those people are retired, investing for income, and lived on a fixed income. So if interest rates broadly go down, it means the money they earn 
on their CDs, on their bonds, goes down. So what do they have to do? They have to save even more. Or if you're approaching retirement and you're looking to think about retire, retiring, you're going to need more money to replace your working income. So you're going to save more and more and more. You're going to think instead you need uh, you used to need a million dollars to retire. Now you need maybe two million because your interest income is going to be cut in half because of what central banks are doing. So it's creating more of the problem. And then he also sees problems in obviously the IPO market, but the private market because more and more money has gone into asset management. And if the asset managers aren't putting money to work, they're not earning their fees. So they're going out there and they're overspending for these private companies. And then when they get to market, the market wakes up to this overvaluation and punishes them. Ubers of the world, Lyfts of the world, Pelotons of the world, and the WeWorks of the world, which obviously that's a... that To me, WeWork is kind of like the global crossing, the Washington Mutual of our cycle here. Now, on tomorrow's Invest Talk, a services sector survey shows that the U.S. economy is weaker than expected. The service sector continues to expand in September, but at a considerably slower pace than anticipated. That's tomorrow. People we'll get to that. I'm Justin Klein, and I invite your finance and investing questions now at 888 chart. Your typical workday can be very busy. Assignments, appointments, responsibilities, obligations. Sometimes you start early and end late. For that reason alone, you may already be looking to the future, to a period when your money, your accumulated assets are working for you and ultimately creating financial freedom. There are many voices suggesting financial planning services, but there's one company, one firm that offers a balanced variety of strategically designed investment plans. One firm that applies decades of experience to enable a client personalized collaboration. One firm that can show you how to optimize an investment portfolio that fits your lifestyle objectives and risk tolerance limitations. One firm that speaks with a clear, logical, and unbiased voice. Start with a contact call to KPP Financial or visit kppfinancial.com. This is Invest Talk, the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener, you may even have called a few times, but if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888 99Chart. Hi, Steve and Justin. My name is Hari, um, and I've been a long time listener of your podcast really appreciate the work that you guys are doing. I have a question related to mortgage rates and real estate in general. I'm planning to buy a three-bed, two-bath condo in Jacksonville, Florida. And when I looked at the price history in Zillow, they seem to have decreased the price by around 3% in mid-August. And I'm also hearing news about rate cuts by Fed once more before the end of the year. So my question is, am I going to get cheaper mortgage rates if I wait some more time, perhaps till the end of the year or till the beginning of next year. And what's the outlook for real estate in general? Is it a good time to buy a house with uh, the talks of recession in less than a year, etc.? 
so i just wanted to know your thoughts about it um thank you guys uh, i listened to your podcast uh, for the answer look forward to it thank you bye all right he's looking at a condo in jacksonville florida and wondering about the interest rates picture going forward that will affect mortgage rates now just because the fed is expected to lower interest rates again in the near future that expectation is already built into the markets markets always front run a decision or news right so if the market already knows or strongly believes the fed is going to take action in the near future the market will adjust to that beforehand just like if earnings for a company is going to be good there's going to be rumblings about it analysts are going to be upgrading expectations etc so the stock's going to rally into that news of better earnings when it comes to interest rates the same thing happens so a lot of the future expectations for interest rates is built in now there can be increased expectations of more fed rate cuts because the market gets rockier the economy gets rockier and that's certainly a strong possibility over the next six nine months so understand that now when it comes to real estate let me start with florida because i'm reading a lot about miami and miami tends to lead the national real estate market and right now the miami market is falling apart it is very very weak million dollar condos are being cut by hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars some of them millions of dollars in price it's a really bad market in Miami. Now, Jacksonville is significantly north of Miami. It's still in Florida. I'm not sure about that specific market. It's hard to always track every every market. But overall, this is a an economy that is weakening and will eventually spread to the real estate market. Real estate market's the slowest to move of almost any market out there. Why? Because transactions take 30, 45, 60, 90 days sometimes. Whereas the stock market, it takes seconds. So when you're looking at comps and pricing properties, what do, the, what do agents do? They look over the last three, six, nine months and say, what did similar properties transact at? And so the listing price today is reflecting what transaction ha- transactions have taken place over this last you know, six months, 12 months. And then there'll be price cuts based on the current market conditions, etc. But Miami leads it. And so, I know we've seen this for the last two, three years. If you're going to buy real estate, you want to be very patient. You want to be not overbidding, not competing. And you want to make sure whatever you're buying that you want to keep for five, seven, probably 10 plus years. So I hope that gives you some perspective on interest rates and real estate market in general. 888-99 chart, 888-992-4278. So you get through and ask your question. We have about 20 minutes left, not even 15, 18 minutes left in the show. So give me a call. Let's talk about commissions. Big, big news in the brokerage industry this week on Monday. Charles Schwab announced they are dropping trading commissions for equities. 
Was 495 a trade per stock? Now it's zero. TD Ameritrade also ending commissions as of today. This is big because our clients, they use, for the most part, TD Ameritrade. And so it's going to be great. We get to trade for clients without any costs. E-Trade also announced yesterday they're ending retail commissions beginning on Monday. What's interesting is E-Trade didn't end it for their RIA advisors like us. Thankfully, we don't use E-Trade, but that's what's happening there. But overall in the industry, this has been a trend for a long time. Back in the 60s, it used to cost $100 plus to make one stock trade. Now it's at zero. Now they're going to have to make up revenue in other ways, lending, margin interest, making money on cash, spreads on fixed income trades, selling order flow to high-frequency traders, for example. So that's how Robinhood does theirs, how they make a lot of their, their revenue. Now for Schwab, this only equates to about 3 to 4% of total net revenue. So that was really interesting. TD Ameritrade was down the most. They have the most exposure. About 30% of their revenue comes from commissions. thought that was very interesting. Now the downside of this is that it will encourage, maybe not encourage, but Maybe more people will trade more because you're not locking in a cost, right? You make a stock trade. You're Before you were locked in, you were going to pay that commission. Even though it's come down for a long time, now that commission is going to be zero. Now you could easily argue, well, the commissions were low enough. It was a very small barrier to trade. And I would agree with that to some extent. But some people get caught up on commissions. We get potential clients that get caught up on commissions. The worry now is that the market will become more unstable because if people want to sell, it doesn't cost anything to sell, just sell. That's the worry. I don't think it's going to be a cause of any big market drop or anything like that, but it's certainly a dynamic in the industry. And I think this is actually going to be a catalyst for a great buying opportunity in the brokerage industry because where else are they going to, we're at zero, where else are they going to get erosion of profitability from? In fact, I think it's better because it'll create more consolidation within the industry. Smaller players are going to basically go away or get bought up. They're going to get more assets overall. And this is an area where I am looking, I am waiting. Love to buy TD Ameritrade stock or Schwab stock at a reasonable price, and they're getting there. So I would be looking at this sector as great buying opportunities over the next couple of years. I'm Justin Klein, you're listening to Invest Talk. And obviously, you understand the importance of unbiased guidance and experienced market analysis. That's why you are here. So I encourage you to subscribe to our KPP Premium Newsletter. It is written and distributed every Friday. 
and you will get valuable information such as the week's market analysis, portfolio management guidance, and stock ideas as well. Each Friday on Invest Talk, Steve shares those highlights of the KPP Premium Newsletter as well. You can subscribe anytime at investtalk.com. And now I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. The economy is strong, mortgage rates are at or near historic lows, and the housing and real estate market is calling you. But just how can you, how should you become an investor in real estate? What is the best course of action based on your financial situation and risk tolerance? Should you consider a vacation rental investment? Or are you better suited for buy and hold transactions? And here's something all investors have to deal with. We are living in a no-yield world. So how can you safely get income from stocks and bonds despite a choppy market? You can register to attend the next KPP Financial Wealth Management Conference. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will lead the event, and they'll be joined by two real estate experts and a trust attorney. Get your questions answered efficiently at one time and in one place. Saturday, October 12th in Irvine, California. The KPP Wealth Management Conference. Seating is limited. Register now at investtalk.com. Hey, Stephen Justin. This is Ron in San Diego. Love the show. Just had a question for you on Merck. Sold off hard. Uh, a lot of other drug stocks hung in there today. I like the company. Uh, it's got a great pipeline, pretty solid balance sheet. I uh, wanted to get your thoughts on buying it here, uh, holding it for three to five years, close the day around 8169 Uh Yeah, love to get your thoughts. Thanks a lot. Bye. All right, he's looking at Merck and Company. Develop prescription drugs in the areas of diabetes, obesity, respiratory, cardiovascular, and women's health. $211 billion market cap. Enterprise value of $228, so very modest debt on their balance sheet. That's a positive. Enterprise value to EBITDA is $14. Not crazy high, not super low either. Revenues up 63, sorry, revenues up 12%, earnings up 63% year over year. I like that. That's positive. Growth looks to be accelerating like that. Yield 2.7%. Also nice solid dividend there. Cash dividend pay ratio 70%. Not crazy, not crazy high, but a little elevated. Pay ratio is 58% in range. Not too bad. And with the modest debt, I think that dividend is safe. I like that. I like that the dividend seems relatively safe. I don't love the industry. I've said this for a while that there's going to be some crackdowns, I believe, especially if you get into a Democrat White House, Democratic White House, there's likely going to be more crackdown on drug prices. And it's an area that is fairly bipartisan. One of the few areas in Congress that's fairly bipartisan, trying to bring down drug prices overall. The fact that Merck hasn't been hit with all of this news gives me is encouraging. And like you said, they have a good pipeline. So I like that as well. So certainly one of the better drug makers in the industry, not a fantastic value, but because of that pipeline, because of the growth accelerating, I'm going to give it a, a thumbs up. Chart isn't fantastic, but not many charts out there are fantastic today. So I'm going to give it a thumbs up. Good relative strength. I like Merck. Now we got an email question from Will in San Diego. He wants to know my opinion on BH 
F. Let me take a look at that. This is Bright House Financial. What do they do? Let's see. BHF. Oh, life insurance provides permanent and term life insurance and annuity solutions in the United States. They IPO'd in 2017 and it's down dramatically since then. Was around $60 a share. Now we're at $36 a share. So down 40% or so over the last two years. Don't like that. Their earnings are all over the place. 2016, they lost $10.07 a share. And then the next year, they made $7.69 a share. Weird. All over the place. I don't like that lack of consistency there. Let me take a look at their balance sheet because that's important. But it's an insurance company, so fairly complex. Those are usually complex type of uh, balance sheets. Modest debt levels, no dividend. Return on equity is 5.6. Making lower lows and lower highs on the chart. I don't like the financial industry as a whole. I'm going to say no. Don't like Bright House Financial. Definitely much better insurance companies out there in the marketplace. I am asking on that. Thanks for the thanks for the email, Will. 8899 chart, 8992 4278. We have eight minutes left in the show. So if you're gonna call, you want to do it right now. Announcements uh, about a bankruptcy in the shocker retail industry. Forever 21, the ubiquitous mall-based fashion retailer aimed at teens. Young adults, file for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Based here in California, I see it all over. Girlfriend shops there every once in a while. Joined a growing list of apparel outlets to fall victim to competitive online pressures. Clearly, they do not have a good enough online presence. And now they're going bankrupt. Since 2017, more than 20 retailers have gone bankrupt. So the big question is, where will this end? I think there will continue to be pressure on malls, pressure on retail properties, retail REITs. And I think that fallout is not fully priced in. So I'm not a big fan of these REITs. And you need to be very selective on the retail names that you do buy into. They need to have good management that sees what's happening in the retail space. They need to have good brands. To survive the onslaught. Clearly, Forever 21 didn't have either of those. Now, this is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and we have, we have one goal here on Invest Talk each and every weekday, and that's to help you achieve your own version of financial freedom. Now, we're going into the last segment. Our work continues after this break. So, get your questions in right now at 888 99Chart. On the next Invest Talk, a new survey of the services sector shows the U.S. economy is weaker than expected. The services sector is expanding, but at a slower pace. That's tomorrow. But now Justin Klein is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. Call Justin, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Justin, Steve. I just had a question about a stock I'm investing called LSCC. It's a chip company, and I'm a very new investor. Uh, just got into it this past year, and I just had a question about like what you thought about this company. It's been pretty rocky for the past month, like up and down, but I just wanted to get your thoughts. Thanks. 
Uh, this is Latisse Semiconductor Corporation. LSCC is the symbol. And this exploded higher early last year, or early this year, excuse me, from about $8 in February. And now we're at 1870 So up 150% or so over the past six months. So strong growth there on the price. And that's because earnings continue to go up, even though revenue is flat last quarter. That's really interesting. What's driving this earnings growth if revenue is not accelerating? That worries me a little bit. You can't sustain that for very long. They don't have much debt, which I like that. $2.5 billion market cap, no dividend. Revenues trailing 12 months, about $400 million. Enterprise value to EBITDA is at 35 That's expensive. I don't love the semiconductor space. So I'm a little confused on what the strength is coming from if the space is not doing very well, if revenues aren't going up. It's a little confusing. So I would really need to dig deeper of why this is exploding. Is this potential buyout? Maybe they have some special technology that's driving down prices or will be acquired most likely. I really need to understand the story a little bit better because by the numbers, it doesn't look like a great value or like their business is doing that great except for earnings are doing well. But as we said before, earnings can be manipulated a lot of ways, but revenues are much harder and revenues over the past two years are barely higher. So I worry about that. 8899 chart, 8892-4278. Lastly, let's touch on biases. And this is important for everybody to understand. There are a lot of biases that us as humans have. And one of the most important when it comes to investing is the present bias, meaning in our minds, we weigh things that happened recently much higher than things that happened years ago. That's why you have economic cycles, why you have these booms and busts, because in 2010, the financial crisis was fresh in our minds. Everyone was worried about that. The excesses. And as you get further and further away from it, people loosen up. And they go, well, nothing really bad happened last year, the last two years. So I'm going to take a little more risk. That's also why the next recession is typically not driven by the last recession. Right? The same catalyst. That's why the next downturn is not going to be driven by real estate go down as a byproduct. But that's why now you have these excesses in the technology markets because the tech bubble 1.0 so far in the rearview mirror, a new generation emerged, right? Millennials. Millennials, for the most part, were in grade school when the financial crisis not the financial crisis, the tech bubble 1.0 happened. So they don't remember that. They didn't learn those lessons. And those that did experience it, well, it's far enough in the rearview mirror that they don't put much weight on it. So this is why I urge everyone, not don't look at the last, what happened last year, two years, three years, because 
the next one, two, three, four, five years are going to look very different than the last five years. That's just the way cycles work. But when you sit down in your, with your 401k choices, let's look at, oh, what happened over the last three years. That's what most people do. And they chase those particular areas of the market. I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. I thank you for your loyal supporting questions. Steve will be here tomorrow with highlights from the newest APP Premium newsletter. And I return on Monday. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART. 